got a bunch of things on my mind. Um, I think I'll start with the most important one. And I'm spending a lot of time on Noster, notes and other things transmitted by Relay. And people on Noster are mostly woken up. Like they're there because it's freedom technology. It's a protocol, not a platform. And it can't really be censored or stopped in the same way that Bitcoin can't really be censored and stopped. So it's the same kinds of people, tech savvy Bitcoiners, people who care about freedom and they see the perils of a centralized platform that can be pressured to throttle speech or censor speech. And so they're on Noster. So it's good being there. And I think I have 99 followers now, probably like 95 real ones. Cause some of them are like my other alt accounts, Oscar's account, Oscar has an account on Noster. He's pretty vocal right now. I really do try to express what I take to be his thoughts. And I don't want to say that I can really, I don't want to presume that I can really understand a dog's lived experience. You know, I mean, I, you have all these people who say, you don't know what it's like to be a woman. You have no idea. You can't speak on my behalf. You don't know what it's like to be me, my race, my gender. But you really, really don't know what it's like to be a dog. Nonetheless, I've given myself permission to articulate some of the thoughts I believe he has. And, you know, he says stuff that I think he might be thinking. Like, for instance, if you ever uh, eat some mushrooms and you look at your dog and you say, you know, man, you're just a person trapped in a dog body. I could tell you're just a person like me, but you're just trapped in a dog body. I've had that thought many times when I'm on hallucinogens. It's like you and me, we're just spirits trapped in the different body minds to which we've been bequeathed. But he actually posted that you think that I'm a person trapped in a dog body, but maybe you're a dog trapped in a person body. He also was trying to raise some sats because the thing about Noster is if you make posts that people like, they'll zap you some sats. So you can get you someone say, here's 25 sats, which is like a cent right now. Good post. You know, instead of just a like, they can actually send you some money for your posts. And you know, he's trying to raise sats for his account also because, and he's obviously he doesn't understand English or Portuguese. He doesn't really understand language beyond a few basic commands. And even then he's very poorly trained, but he doesn't realize that I would never take the MRNA shot. So he's, he's worried that I'm going to take a booster and go into cardiac arrest. And then what happens to him? So he's trying to raise some sats on his own Noster account just in case. You know, I just try to articulate sentiments like that, that obviously he has, right? Like if you're a dog, you're worried that you're, you're gorilla as he sees it. I mean, he, I, I'm pretty sure a dog would not be able to distinguish a person from a gorilla more or less. It's just like the same basic, the same base, 99% of your genes are the same. Like to them, you're basically a gorilla. So basically like a dog is probably concerned about this kind of thing. So I've just... That, that's what I'm trying to do, is try to express things on his behalf. But anyway, this is not the important thing, obviously. But I'm just saying I have some alt accounts. I have a Real Man Sports account also, where I just tweet about sports stuff. I've got an Oscar account. i got a Real Man Sports account. and i got my main account. But the point is I'm on Noster a lot. And it's this kind of person. And uh, you know, I like them, and they're sort of my people. But I would say 90% are anonymous handles. You know, just 
you don't know who they are. And because it's NOSTAR, it's very hard to trace. There's no KYC. KYC stands for know your customer. And so you don't have to ID yourself to get a NOSTAR account, which is great. So if you have an anonymous handle and you have a VPN and you're using Tor or whatever, or you're using some other shit that I don't even understand to anonymize yourself, really you are perhaps, I don't know what the NSA or CIA's tools are these days, but you're perhaps at least from most, you know, non-dedicated adversary with lots of technical power, you are for all intents and purposes, anonymous, completely anonymous. And I get the power in that, but same time, I think it's the wrong way to go. You know, these, these no stir non handles, their six VPNs and they're, they're saying things like, oh, I may have to go into exile once these free speech laws pass or once this, these gun laws pass. A lot of them are Second Amendment guys. And I, I just read that and I think, no, this is the absolute wrong way to go about it. You know, it's like if I'm the deep state, if I'm the ruling class, there's nothing I want more than all of the so-called dissidents, centers to think I'm all powerful and they need to hide and go into exile and wait it out while I have power. That's what I want them to think. I, I want you to be terrified of my awesome powers and just be basically submissive and dominate, assuming the state's going to dominate and exploit you. That's how I want them thinking. The way I don't want people thinking, if I'm the ruling class, especially after I've siphoned off so much money via inflation and money printing and QE the last you know, 40 years, but especially the last few years that I've run roughshod over your rights. I put people into their deaths on ventilators. I denied basic early treatments for pneumonia like antibiotics, which is the common treatment as the bacterial infection is usually what does people in. Even in the Spanish flu, it was the, it was the bacterial infection secondary to the initial virus that did most people in, it was the pneumonia from that. And they would give antibiotics for bacterial pneumonia and that was routine. They knew that that was the protocol to give antibiotics in case of pneumonia. And they stopped doing that because obviously they wanted the EUA for the vaccine. So this stuff has been done and they fucking invented the virus. I mean, they spent money on the gain of function research, came in the lab. So this is, what's been done is just unspeakable. And now they're giving all of our money, they estimated $500 per US taxpayer, to a proxy war in Ukraine to enrich their arms manufacturing friends. Apparently Zelensky's wife was in New York and spent a million dollars on jewelry, Cartier, recently. I mean, this is just, this is your money going to that. And it's just it's disgusting and people should be enraged. And if I were the ruling class and I had perpetrated all this shit, I would be terrified of the people of the reckoning that's going to come from the people. I'd be terrified of being prosecuted. I would know that karmically it's inevitable. You just don't get away with stuff like this. As a human being, you just don't get away with crossing this many ethical lines. It's just the nature of existence. You know, if you behave like that, you're going to get got. And so instead of being like, I'm hiding out, I'm in exile. Oh yeah. I'm going to get my six VPNs and my bunker. We should be saying the exact opposite thing. We should be standing up and saying what we believe is true and say, these people need to be held to account. They need to be prosecuted. And I, I know people say, oh, that'll never happen. You're never going to change this, blah, blah, blah. 
No, fuck that. It's going to change. It's going to change the moment that everybody says, wait, you thought we were all going along with this? And there were five or 10% radicals speaking out? Oh, no. There's 60% of us speaking out. There's the 20% that spoke out and the 40% that listened to what they said and said, actually, these guys are right. And I was never really for this shit anyway. I was just going along out of fear or out of incentives. And now I realize that was a mistake. There's obviously like a certain percent that are so brainwashed that there's no going back for them. But that is a small percentage. It is not a large percentage. And you have to speak out because imagine you're the ruling class. That's what you're terrified of because the only attitude that's going to change things, the attitude that's not going to change things is, oh, it'll never work. That is part of the PSYOP. The people saying it'll never work are the people who have fallen for a secondary PSYOP. I've talked about this before. There's the first PSYOP like, oh, everything's normal. There's nothing weird about what happened in the last three years. We just violated all of your rights, try to force people to take an experimental drug, and now it's killing lots of them. And if you look at the ethical skeptics' work, he said that it's off the charts, the excess mortality and the disability, and this is just not being covered, and there's just so many sick people and so much excess death. And remember, you're like, well, I don't see my friends dying. It's like if you would be expected to have one person a year die that you know, it would be 1.3, 1.2, whatever it is. It's not going to be very much. And especially when the excess death is especially high in people from 15 to 44. I think it's like cardiac arrest is up 40% or something like that. And you wouldn't know anybody normally who had a cardiac arrest, arrest in, in those age groups. So for it to be up 40%, you know, you would know 0.01 people or point, you know, whatever the number is. Now you know 0.014 people. So you're really not going to notice it on an anecdotal basis, but you're gonna, it's going to show up big time in the data. These are massive spikes that are not coincidental. So th this, the horrors that they have inflicted on the people, I mean, people are not nearly angry enough. They, you are not thinking about what happened. I mean, if one person drunk drove and killed a couple people, you would be outraged if you knew those people. You would be, you'd be like, prosecute them, throw away the key. I mean, this is just unacceptable. They killed my friends. They killed my family. This scale of this is so big. The fact that people are like, oh, well, I don't know. There's nothing we can do about it. I mean, this is just so Stockholm syndrome. I'm talking about even the people that are awake that know what happened, but somehow in their mind, instead of, you know, the normie files this stuff away in their mind, like, oh, they were just doing the best they could. You know, oh, they just, uh, they, they're the good people. The bad people are the conspiracy theorists. There's just too much disinformation. That's the problem. It's not this gnawing sense of everything is totally fucked. It's just disinformation. That's the real problem. That's like the, you know, that's not even the normie. That's like the extremely Stockholm syndrome normie. And then there's normies like, oh, I just don't know what's going on. It's been really weird. But, you know, uh, let's figure out what's going on in the football this week. That's the normie. That's the regular normie. But then there's the sort of awake but still psyoped person who's like, yeah, it's fucked up what happened. It's totally crazy. I can't believe they did this and shit and whatever. But come on, what are you going to you're going to get yourself in trouble over it? I mean, there's nothing you could do about it. That is also a psyoped person. What do you mean there's nothing we could do about it? Fuck you. It doesn't matter whether I can do something about it or not. That's not my, you know, I'm not here to crystal ball the future about, you know, what's going to happen as a result. But I'm just saying, no, absolutely fucking not. I'm going to say something. And that's the attitude. The attitude is, oh, they're scared. Oh, why are they doing all these? Why is Jacinda Ardern, that fucking ghoul at Harvard, talking about how free speech is a weapon of war? Why is she doing that now? Because she's going to get fucking prosecuted for what she did, violating the people's rights, calling people who didn't want to take a corporate 
pharmaceutical company's product a, a second-class citizen. I mean, she's going to get prosecuted. So, of course, she's doing this. They're terrified. They're so terrified, they don't even want to let you speak. That's how scared they are. Imagine being so terrified that you didn't want regular people, regular citizens to have the right to have free speech. That is fucking terrified. They are the prey. You are the predator. You are the one of whom they should be afraid, not the other way around. I hear people talking, where am I going to live? I got to go into exile. What's the safest place? Are you fucking kidding me? Where are they going to live? How are they going to account for what they've done? They need to be scared. You've done nothing wrong. What you're saying is correct. You've lived with integrity, with ethics. You have nothing to fear. Now, I don't want to be like one of those activists who poo-pooed crime in their area and then got murdered by a criminal. Okay, I don't want to be like one of those guys. And then it happened in the news a couple of times and say, the state can't do anything to you. And then I get got and I'm like, oh, you see, they did have some power after all. I'm aware that worst case scenario, any one of us could get got. Of course we could, you know, for speaking out or arrested for something or some bullshit charge or they bring up sexual assault allegations on Russell Brand because he's speaking the truth or something, you know, they're going to do something. And I'll get to Trevor Bauer in a second. That was a whole other thing. So, you know, I mean, I could get, you know, the IRS could come after me and dig up some bull. I mean, whatever, who knows, right? I mean, they could, they could always, you know, they, they could indict a ham sandwich, but that is just a tail event, right? I mean, like they can't prosecute everybody. Why is Glenn Greenwald allowed to speak? They can't, you know, they could go in and just shoot him or something, but they, they can't. What they try to do, and, and the Russell Brand stuff is so telling because it's like, that's the best they could do. They couldn't put a bullet in the back of his head. They had to uh, drum up some allegations from 15 years ago and try to smear him. That's the best they could do. That's a very weak state, right? Because the problem now, and I got into this on Noster a bit, they're like, oh, they'll just, you know, they're, they're talking about in the, in the event of hyper-Bitcoinization when the state really can't print any money that's worth anything and they have to... You know, it's like in Game of Thrones when Stannis wanted to wage war, he had to go to the Iron Bank and borrow gold. And that's how it used to be. You couldn't just pay your soldiers and wage an expensive war on printed money. You had to actually come up with the goods to pay for this war. And that deterred a lot of wars. Now we can just go drone bomb a bunch of people or invade somewhere and just print the money to cover it like we did in Afghanistan and Iraq. And we're doing this stupid proxy war with Russia in Ukraine. But if you actually had a hard money like gold or Bitcoin, well, now you got a problem. You can't just print it. You have to actually have the goods and no one's going to really want to pay for this war. And so they're talking about, well, you know, even if there were hyper Bitcoinization, you know, the state would just they have all the weapons. They'll still get you. They won't rule you with money. They'll rule you with weapons. And I said to the guy, I said, well, what do you mean? Who's going to pay for the weapons? Who's going to pay for the, the soldiers and the police to come to your house and arrest you? And you know, it, it's the idea that, oh, yeah, well, the, the dollar is not going anywhere. It's backed by the U.S. military. Yeah, but the U.S. military is only backed by the U.S. dollar. You got to pay those people. They're not going to be henchmen for free. So this is a real problem. And the idea that, oh, they're going to get you. They're going to get you. They're going to just send people to your door. That's a problem. And then he was like, well, they, dictators can just, you know, seize your goods, seize your gold, seize your Bitcoin, seize your stuff, you know, gunpoint, and they'll pay for it with that. Good luck. Good luck trying to break into random people's houses and seize, what are they going to take my uh, Gibson Les Paul guitar and sell it and then pay their soldiers with it? I mean, this is ridiculous. You know, oh, they'll seize your Bitcoin. Oh, really? Multi-sig, multi-jurisdiction. It's just not something that's easy to seize. It's not like having gold or, you know, assets lying around that they can just take. This is, this is a, a whole different paradigm in terms of the logic of violence. It's going to be much, much harder to just... And they're not going to be able to fund any major operation. When he's talking about the mafia, basically, 
a couple of thugs coming to your house and saying, you know, give me my protection money. Um, and that is, you know, in the event that that even happened, not only would people organize against that, not only would people immediately put any any Bitcoin they had in multi-jurisdictional multi-sigs where it was just unreachable locally, but, you know, this thing would be very short-lived and people would not tolerate it. And the people who had the resources would, would defend against it. So, you know, we're not talking about nation state attacks here. We're talking about mafia type thug attacks. And that's not going to work at scale. You're not going to be able to fund wars from that. You're not going to be able to fund anything from that. And I get it. Uh, you know, we're all vulnerable. We're all human. We could all be killed. We could all be hit by a bus. We could all get into a car accident. I mean, you know, you can die any moment. I mean, I hope it's not me. I hope I can live another 50 years. But you don't know. None of us know. And you can't use that fact to live in paralysis and fear. I mean, you just that's that's the edge that the state has it it uses that fact against you but once you're like look i'll die eventually and i can get got at any time for any random reason bad luck or murder or anything else but all of that stuff is unlikely in the near term possible but unlikely i'm not going to think about it i'm going to speak out then the state loses its edge it's like the blackjack dealer the blackjack dealer you have the edge as the player you can decide whether to hit or stay dealer is a robot he has to to hit on 16 even if you stay on 12 he still has to hit on 16 he should stay but he has to hit and even if you have 18 he has to stay on hard 17 he has to stay even though you're 18 it makes no sense but he has to so dealer's robot what's the edge for the dealer in blackjack the edge for the dealer is that you go first and if you bust then if he eventually busts later he doesn't give you your money back for a push your money's gone even if he busts afterward that's the dealer's edge and in the end the dealer has the edge and it's kind of a similar thing. Like the only edge for the state against the individual is the individual's fear. The fact the individual can be killed. The state, you know, if somebody dies from the state, they'll replace him. So the individual can be killed. And so that's the advantage for the state. And you don't get resurrected. You might get reincarnated, but you don't get resurrected. Even if you're right, even if the state is sowing its own demise with these policies, nobody wants to say anything because they can be arrested. They can be killed. But you can't live like that. I just think like the, I see this, you know, all these people, they're supposedly woken up and they're just like either defeated. There's two parts of the side, either scared. Oh, I'm going to hide out and have six VPNs and have a, a non-handle and not say what I really think under my own name. Or they're, 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 they're either that's fearful or they're defeated thinking nothing will ever come of this. We'll never be able to dislodge the powerful. Those are fucking psyops. You've been psyop just the same. There's only one out for all of this. And it's just for everyone to speak up and be like, no, we're not tolerating the shit. And when the thing is, the only reason the ruling class is doing what it's doing, trying to suppress free speech, trying to give all your money to these oligarchs and, and, and think they can get away with it is because they think you've all been fooled. They think there's a few people that know and they think those people are fringe because they are the minority fringe that they think, you know, five percent of people are saying this stuff, but they're fringe. That's just misinformation. They can call it whatever they want. It's obviously uncomfortable for them that this information is getting out, but they can, in their mind, think this is false information or this is fringe information. That's fine. But they don't realize how many people fucking know. And if all those people just stood up and said, we know, you're fucked. You're just totally fucked. We're coming for you. These people who are, they're sociopathic as an entity, but individually it's banality of evil. They're just regular losers doing what they're incentivized to do. You know, why did Mina Kimes go on a almost tearful rant about how selfish Aaron Rodgers was? Because professionally it made her look good. You know, why wasn't she outraged about 600 other scammy things going on? Why wasn't she commenting on that? Because 
her incentives were to comment on that. You're not going to see uh, Mina Kimes do an outraged editorial about how due process and trial by mob and, and Trevor Bauer should sue MLB. But it's just coincidental that the, that the object of her outrage was Aaron Rodgers, who didn't comply, even though it turned out Aaron Rodgers was 100% totally right. People just do what they're incentivized to do. And I think most of the people that are going along with stuff, they kind of know it's bullshit. They know it's flimsy. They're just going along based on incentives. And there's a big difference between someone like Mina Kimes or Molly Knight, who knew because she had seen the report that Trevor Bauer did not fracture the woman, the uh, grifter's skull, but, and I'll get into the Bauer thing more specifically, but she didn't, she still posted that he had fractured her skull on Twitter. She had to delete the tweets. She knows where her incentives are, right? It doesn't much matter whether it's true. It doesn't really matter if it's true because directionally it's the good guys versus the bad guys. And what does that really mean? It's the incentives, right? I mean, they put an image of who's good and who's bad. And they tell you, if you praise the good guy and crap on the bad guy, you'll get rewarded professionally, socially. And so they just do that. And that's the thing that's motivating all these people. Why are they against free speech? Why are they forcing injections? Why are they defending these ghouls that forced chemicals from a pharmaceutical company into children and regular innocent people who didn't want it? Why are they defending this? Incentives. Because they think that they were made to think incorrectly in, in the short term that 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 was going to advance them, that that was good for them. They're just going on incentives. But why? what about the people who didn't take it, who didn't buckle to this, despite the incentives to do so? Well, there's people who have principles, right? It's not just, I mean, for me, it wasn't just principles. Like I was seriously concerned that there was some downside taking this stuff. It wasn't just like, oh, it's a bodily autonomy thing. Yeah, the reason for bodily autonomy is the shit that you put in your body can kill you or harm you. And you have to, you know, be your own judge of that. And I just had more faith in my own judgment than that of the experts who were on my television screen. But there are also people, I think some religious people just saying, look, I, as a matter of principle, I don't want this. You know, I don't, I just don't want it. And when you have principles, when you have ethics, when you have actual code, um, that runs deeper than just incentives, right? You, you could be incentivized to crap on Aaron Rodgers for being selfish and spreading misinformation like Mina Kimes was. Um, and you could just do that. But if you had a principle, it was like, you know, I don't really know. I'm not really, I'm just taking someone else's word for it that Aaron Rodgers is wrong and that Pfizer is the answer. I don't really know personally. I haven't looked into it or I'm not interested in this or I have looked into it and I'm not sure. I'm not sure this is the case. And I know that pharmaceutical companies have lied in the past and, you know, Rodgers, whether right or wrong is, he seems earnest. He's not doing this to, for publicity. It's not good publicity. Um, so I'm just not going to weigh in on this, right? Because I have a journalistic principle, I have some ethics where I don't just crap on somebody because it's going to get me praise and get me more ingratiated into um, the people that make the hiring and promotional decisions at ESPN because of how their advertisers feel about the content on the station. I'm just not going to weigh in on this. If she had ethics, she would have done that. If she had ethics, she would have apologized and said, you know, I was wrong about that. Aaron Rodgers made the right decision for himself and I shouldn't have been trying to uh, kick him when the whole media and the whole, basically the whole state media and the whole zeitgeist was singling out people like Cole Beasley and Kyrie Irving and Aaron Rodgers and trying to punish them professionally and, and socially and economically. And I shouldn't have piled on because I, I have ethics. I understand that my personal incentive is trumped by a greater ethical obligation. 
And Molly Knight, same thing. Like, yeah, I know Trevor Bauer's the bad guy, the sort of bad boy who is banging all these slutty women and, you know, not very uh, PC and, you know, not a nice guy, not the kind of guy that we like. You know, he's not that emasculated modern neoliberal male, you know, that that's voluntarily reduced his testosterone through eating tofu all the time. They're trying to create here. But look, I've got journalistic integrity and I see that actually that report, that, that allegation that she had a fractured skull is false and I'm not going to pass it on. I'm not going to be part of this because I have ethics. It doesn't matter if it's going to make me look good or make me on team me too or team good. Uh, it doesn't matter. There's something bigger than that, which is things like due process. And, you know, he's a human being with a, with a professional career. He's worked hard to get where he has. I mean, he's, you know, one of the best at his craft in the entire world in his prime. And to destroy that, um, you have to be sure. And there, there are some grifting females. And the fucked up thing for Molly Knight, which is really, she's, she's locked her accounts. But the, the real, I mean, she really, it's not just her though. Ken Rosenthal was saying the Dodgers should have cut bait earlier and she's not the only one. So I don't want to just single her out. But the really fucked up thing with her withholding information she knew uh, and tweeting about it anyway, um, dishonestly, is that Team Woke has really fucked over real victims because there are some women who get raped and beaten and it is not consensual and it's not a scam and they didn't know what they were getting into and they were just trying to meet a guy and they're actually victimized. And now, because the Molly Knights of the world, they're going to say when they come up, oh yeah, is this, a, is this a grift? Are you trying to make money off of this guy? And that's fucked, right? I mean, the, the, the real argument, the real defense of the biggest scumbag dudes who actually do that kind of thing is, look what happened to Trevor Bauer. Look what happened to Johnny Depp. I mean, these are like psycho women who are exploiting these men with money. And if I have money and I do something horrendous and I'm a sociopath, I'm going to point to those cases and say, how can you believe them? How many, how many uh, reputations and livelihoods do we need to destroy? Even if I'm totally guilty and I should be destroyed, that's going to be my defense. And thank you, Molly Knight. You just gave them that defense. You've actually harmed real victims. And why? Because your incentive was to ingratiate yourself. And the incentive is so strong, though, you know, it, it's it's only semi-conscious. Like they she probably doesn't even know why she tweeted that, why she didn't see that. I mean, it, it's so at a pre-conscious, subconscious, barely conscious level, it doesn't really exonerate them. It doesn't really let them off the hook, but it is sort of that forgive them father for they know not what they do. It's like, they're just so craven. I think it's, it's parenting. It's raising a kid partly society's horrendous, the incentives that it, that it puts on people. But, you know, parents have to instill on their kids, like a sense of like, there's something bigger than expedience, than convenience, than incentives. You know, we're all susceptible to incentives, but there must be some sort of baseline code that you have where you have ethics. And it doesn't matter if they're telling you, shock this person, the Milgram experiment, turn out the shock a little more, the authorities incentivizing you to do it. And that experiment seemed to show that, you know, a, the majority of people will keep shocking that person, even if it kills them, because the boss says so. And those are poorly, people are just poorly raised. They're weak. They're weak people. And I hope, and you never know. And my daughter, you know, has a backbone, has a code and would never do what Molly Knight did, would never do what Mina Kimes did, would never pile on without integrity. And 
I think the people that just operate on incentives are weak. I think they're weak. Their convictions aren't deep. They're shallow. They're godless. They have no faith. They have no uh, sense of right and wrong deeply. It's all what the crowd thinks. And that's why I think that we need to speak up because their convictions are weak. Our convictions are strong. We're in the right. We know we're in the right. We're telling the truth. We're there lying. So they're going to crumble. And when they start to crumble and the incentives start to change, they see people around them starting to ditch and they start saying, do I ditch? Do I stick with the story? What do I do? I, I'm so pot committed. I can't fold. At the same time, everyone's folding around me and I'm going to be left holding the bag. They're going to fucking panic. And they should panic because of what they did. There is no avoiding what they did. And they need to fucking panic. And the only way this happens, the only thing that's stopping them from panicking, the only thing that's delaying this inevitable state of affairs is your own fear and submissiveness, your own sense that, oh, nothing can be done. Oh, it's too scary. Speak the fuck out. It's a quote by Gandhi. It's speak the fuck out from Gandhi. No, that's not what he said. He said, many people, especially ignorant people, want to punish you for speaking the truth, for being correct, for being you. Never apologize for being correct or for being years ahead of your time. If you're right and you know, speak your mind, speak your mind. Even if you are a minority of one, the truth is still the truth. Even if you're a minority of one, the truth is still the truth. And we are not a minority of one. We are actually a majority, even the normies. I'm not talking about the crazy, crazy brainwashed ones. Everyone has their fucking excuse. One excuse is, oh, it'll never work. Another excuse is, I'm scared. Something bad can happen to me if I do this. Another excuse is, I'm just not really sure what's going on. It's disturbing, but I'm going to ignore this. Those are all the excuses. But if you remove those excuses, then we are a majority. Then we are a majority. The, the people know. The people know what's going on. There's only 20% that actually, that actually believe what's being told them at this point. That's my belief. So fucking speak up. This is the answer. This is the only answer. We're in the information age. All the prior regimes, or if you spoke up, they were able to get you. Uh, this, is, this is a different age. Information travels quickly. That's why they're on the disinformation kick. It's a desperate move. It's not going to work. Noster exists. Protocols exist that cannot be stopped. They're going to try to shut down people's bank accounts. Bitcoin exists. They're, they're in the wrong era for this. They're, they're going to get got. And it's our job to make sure that happens. And watch, you will see the sinking ship. This is going to be extremely gratifying to see these people run off the sinking ship. Oh, I didn't do it. No, it was really him. Oh, we didn't do mandates. Oh, sure. We never mandated anything. Oh, no, no, no. no. It was just always a choice. Oh, really? That's why you get sued in the fucking Supreme Court to end the mandates. That's why they go to the Supreme Court and to tell you this was unconstitutional. Oh, we never did it. That's why they had to go to court. You see them. They're already doing it. They're already running like rats off a sinking ship, but some of them are doubling down. The Jacinda Ardern's, she knows she's so pot committed. Uh, she's not going to be able to, she's not going to be able to testify against anyone else. She is one of the kingpins of the civil rights violations. She's going to double down on policing free speech. And I would not want to be on that boat. So that's just that. And then you have these fucking just pathetic apologists for the regime. The Nate Silver, he had this article. He's talking about how COVID deaths were higher in red states than blue states. And then Martin Kuldorf was like, yeah, but you got to age adjust these. Florida is not the same as California age-wise. And then Nate said, well, that doesn't really matter. It's basically the same. But both guys missed the point entirely. He's talking about just COVID deaths, not all-cause mortality. So this specific narrow category of death and the vaccinated versus the un unvaccinated as represented by Republican versus Democrat, which 
it's not like no Republicans got vaccinated, probably 60%, 80%, Demo- whatever. It's it's not even that big of a difference. But let's just say it's a good proxy for vaccinated versus unvaccinated, at least some proxy for it. But look, we already know, they've admitted this. This has been admitted in the New York Times of all places, that the of and with COVID is a problematic thing when they counted deaths. If you had COVID, you tested positive and you got hit by a car and then you died, uh, that could be classified and was classified in many cases as COVID death. The hospitals incentivized getting reimbursed more for declaring COVID deaths. They wanted to have a panic and the numbers of deaths needed to be high. So they started reclassifying all these deaths as COVID deaths that were actually other things. Now, once the vaccine came around, imagine that practice with the incentives for reporting things as COVID deaths but also reporting that the unvaccinated had more COVID deaths. So unvaccinated person, car crash, has COVID, COVID death. Vaccinated person, car crash, died of a car crash. You don't think that happened? If they're forcing people to take a drug who had natural immunity and called natural immunity a conspiracy theory, if they were that incentivized to do all of those kind of things and to lie about the efficacy of the shot and to downplay all the side effects of the shot, you don't think they would cook the books a bit, incentivize the hospitals to report more deaths or the hospitals kind of knew to report more deaths when it was uh, in the unvaccinated, cooked the books of it. Of course it was. And then there's the other problem that we know for a fact that they were counting somebody who had one shot, but didn't get the second shot as unvaccinated. And even if you had the second shot, but it hadn't been 14 days for the immunity, the so-called immunity to kick in, you would still be considered unvaccinated if you died of COVID. So, you know, this is obviously, uh, this can, this is so easily manipulated. The books can be so cooked on these numbers of vaccinated, unvaccinated, red state, blue state deaths, that why are you even arguing about this? This is not good data. You know, it's garbage in, garbage out. So this this whole discussion is just stupid. But Nate Silver found an angle to which he could please the regime because he'd been under fire for telling some truths earlier. Uh, and, I'm, and he seemed to uh, opportunely seize that. All right. That's that's that. I think I've pretty much said what I need to say about that. I just think people really need to speak up. And, and yeah, I the Trevor Bauer thing, I said what I need to say too, pretty much. So that's it. My, my biggest message, the, the revelation I had by being in like sort of wide awake Noster rather than Twitter with all its normies is that the wide awake people are still hiding. Like they've done something wrong. Like they have something to fear. Like the state's all powerful. Like it'll, nothing will ever work to dislodge the powerful and their money printer. And I, I just, I see that and I'm just combating it there. I'm just like, you guys are just hiding, you know, and, and acting and, and exactly what the ruling class wants. They want you to be scared. They want you to shut up, you know, and, and one thing that really gives me hope, but again, I don't want to be like one of those activists that gets God after like poo-pooing the threat is that the stuff they're doing, they're not pulling a bullet in Russell Brand's head. You know, they're sending these allegations from 10 years ago. I mean, that's just so weak. Everyone knows what they're doing. It's not especially effective and it's the best they can do right now. You know, the, the problem too with the, with violence is that everybody's got live streams. You can live stream from your apartment. If you think you're under attack, you can live stream everything now. So you're basically showing the face of evil. You're showing the thuggery if you show up. I mean, it, there's just so many technological things that make the logic of violence less and less compelling. Things can be recorded and broadcast to millions of people instantly. It's just much more costly for the state to inflict violence. They don't want to have to go to somebody's house and kill them. It leaves a, a trail. They want to just be able to turn off your bank account, turn off your, you know, just throw some allegations out and make you toxic and have all your advertisers and supporters and friends run away. That's the playbook. It's, they don't really, it's not as scary. I don't think as it's made out to be, could they do it? Yes. I don't, again, I don't want to be like one of those activists 
fortunately in, in, in one way, not enough people listen to me that I'm really on the radar, but it is obviously still possible. All right. The, uh, the only other thing I really wanted to cover was, oh, and it's funny, uh, last week's podcast I had with Ted Bell, we, we were talking about how not only despite, but almost because Aaron Rodgers was right, people are still dunking on him, but they can only dunk. They can't say that moron, he should have taken the vaccine. They, they can't say that because people would say, really? He should have taken the vaccine? Why? They can't say that anymore, right? Like that was the contention that he's a moron because he didn't take the vaccine. He's an idiot. He took ivermectin instead. But that wouldn't really be a dunk because they'd be like, yeah, but he's completely healthy and doesn't seem to have any problems from that. So nobody says that anymore. That was the contention, right? So yesterday in the US, I'm in Portugal, but apparently there was this public broadcasting emergency emergency test where they sent out like a beep to your phone or whatever, make your phone make a sound. You probably heard it. And there were some conspiracy theories that it's actually not funny if it was true because it'd be really fucked. But basically that that beep had a certain frequency that was going to release pathogens contained in the vaccines. And so anyone who'd been vaccinated, that beep would release, you know, Marburg virus and some other scary Ebola and E. coli and all these scary pathogens inside people. Okay. So th that was like a turn off your phone. Don't let the beep do that. Right. So that was a crazy theory. And so there's like all these memes, I guess, going around about this. So this guy, Bum Chillups, AKA Spencer Hall tweets about it. And his, his dunk on Rogers using the, I guess the conspiracy of that says Aaron Rogers running to grab his AR 15 with a handful of burning sage right now. And frantically texting Rogan it's on. First of all, this is so dumb. Uh, is, is Aaron Rogers a big gun guy? No. So what do you, fucking even talking about they can't talk about the thing because the thing rogers was right about and i, I talked about this with ted bell on, on last week's podcast aaron Rodgers and joe rogan almost certainly know more about medicine and the cutting edge treatments for things than any of your doctors i mean maybe you have an exceptional doctor that really keeps up on this stuff but you're talking about rich health obsessed men i mean I think Rogan had Andrew Huberman on. I think he had him on his podcast. I'm not positive, but he's definitely had other um, cutting edge kind of health gurus. And I'm not like a Huberman devotee. I think he has done some good stuff. I actually don't follow him closely enough to have a strong opinion, but some of the stuff that I've seen seems plausible. He seems like he's, you know, doing decent work, but he can probably call up Andrew Huberman and be like, Hey, what do you think about this? I mean, he has access to the cutting edge research, every angle. I mean, there's so many different angles in which health research is happening. And Joe Rogan or Aaron Rodgers via Joe Rogan can pick up the phone and talk to these people and say, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? They can get it from the horse's mouth. These people are, are dunking, but what they ended up dunking, and this is what Ted Bell pointed out, it's not even on the substance of anything they've ever said or done. It's just basically the joke that Aaron Rodgers, and, and he tweeted this out, he said, Aaron is the dub rube, you know, he's the idiot. Um, because he didn't agree, but they never talk about what it is that he didn't agree about. And it's sort of like, oh, this guy's got brain worms. He's an idiot. Uh, what was he, what was he wrong about? Oh, actually, let, never mind that. Oh, let's not talk about that. So it's just pure signaling at this point, pure incentives. There's no conviction. Anyway, I just wanted to, uh, throw that in there. Cause it just is, is exactly an example of what we talked about last week. All right. I think that's going to do it. I had like a whole bunch of other stuff. I'll, I'll say one last thing because I've been talking about a lot of this bigger 
social phenomenon. Speak the fuck out, though. That's that's the one thing I realized that I had like a, a, a epiphany about that. Just speak out. So a couple other things uh, was trying to clear out my old Substack drafts because it's funny my my real man sports Substack I've got like almost three hundred posts and like ten drafts, but for my chrislist.substack.com Substack I've got like ninety something posts and like two hundred fifty drafts. Cause I just like jot down ideas. I get halfway through something. I'm like, eh, I'm not really explaining this well. And then I just move on and end up doing something else. But I just started to try to delete some. So I went back and I realized these are pretty good. So I started to like edit them and update them. And so I'm going to have like six more coming. It's always like, Oh, I found something. It's like, Oh yeah, I agree with that. Cause that was me who wrote it a year and a half ago. And I just didn't finish it. I just hadn't, I guess in the meantime, my thoughts had gotten more clear on that subject. I was able to finish it. All right, that is it for now. Till next time.